Just when you thought it was safe to go looking for a podcast, you stumbled across us. Fantastic. You're in the right place. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you found the number one podcast in all the land. Okay, just Mississippi. But we're going with that until documentation proves otherwise. Now strap in for the journey from the lower levels of Ridgewood Recording Studios. We are World of Wild. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Glad to have you back today. This is your guest, William, here at World of Wally. Today is an episode that, I'll be honest with you, when I first thought about the concept of bringing this episode topic to light, I'm a conspiracy guy. I mean, I I get caught up in them, you know, pretty regularly. Um, And because they're intriguing, and that's why people like conspiracy theories. And one of the wildest conspiracy theories across the world right now is a concept of flat earth and flat earth is a big deal to a lot of people worldwide so I, I started reaching out to different people trying to find that perfect guest to bring on and uh, I stumbled across an absolute gem uh, my guest today is a gentleman named Anthony Hoyes he's a nationally known death metal vocalist for the band Vorzug and you think, a death metal vocalist? What would he know about that kind of stuff? Well, this guy, like I said, is not only a, uh, a well-known death metal vocalist, he also is the owner of the actual record company that he actually they actually produce their own music. He's an advocate for psychedelic research, and he's a DMT explorer, but he's also well-versed in politics, conspiracies, finance, and a lot more. And the longer he and I talked, just the more impressed I was with this guy. This guy was well put together, uh, very knowledgeable, um, well-spoken guy. Uh, you know, you think from my description I just gave you, he's going to be one of those what they call classic nutcases, but this guy was really uh, an intriguing uh, conversation that he and I had. I mean, he's currently going around telling his story about his journey as a musician and how psychedelics and flat earth have led him to spirituality. Like I said earlier, he actually is the owner uh, of the music and uh, record company. He's also a media company owner, so he controls every aspect of, of his journey musically. He also, and this is some stuff that blew my mind when I got to digging into his bio information, This guy was a former head of legal for a Fortune 500 financial company. He's a former uh, A&R guy with Sony Music and Universal Music. He loves to discuss law. He loves to discuss conspiracies, which is what we're going to talk about today. We even chat a little bit about psychedelics. Flat Earth, of course, is the topic we're going to be talking about today. And, uh, you know, we mixed in a little bit of everything. It's, uh, It's a really intriguing conversation. So if you guys hang in after the break... My guest today, Mr. Anthony Hoyes, um, it's going to be a it's going to be a trip. Hang in there, guys. After the break. Hey, guys. Your host William here. Quick question: Are you a First and Second Amendment kind of person? Because if you are, our new affiliate partner, Tactical Brotherhood, is your place. 
If you're looking for ammo, guns, or gear, check out the link in the episode notes and enter code PATRIOT15 at checkout to receive that 15% discount. Also, Tactical Brotherhood, veteran-owned company. Now, back to the episode. All right, everybody, we're back from the break, and as promised today, my guest, Mr. Anthony Hoyes. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am fantastic, man. He hails from Phoenix, Arizona. I told him before we got started, they're smart enough to not have to deal with time change, so I had to commend them for that. Um, as I said earlier in the introduction, Anthony is a nationally known death metal vocalist for the band Vorzug, and I did pronounce that correctly, right? Vorzug? Yes, you did. Trying to be really good. Uh, they are actually signed with the Universal Music Group. Uh, he is an advocate uh, for psychedelic research. He is a DMT explorer. Uh, and it says here he's well-versed in politics, conspiracies, finance, and many other topics. So it sounds like he's a jack-of-all-trades. Um, like I said, as we covered in the introduction, um, he is... Uh, we're going to call him a subject matter expert on what we're going to talk about today. And we'll find out after he starts talking if it's the truth. How's that sound, Anthony? Hey, sounds good. I don't want anyone to believe anything I say. I want everyone to look into it for themselves. Oh, right, well, look, before I stumbled across Anthony, guys, I, I was a, I'm, I'm going to admit before we get started, I am a conspiracy theorist at heart. I believe that conspiracies uh, run rampant, uh, not only here in the U.S., but all over the world. And one of the largest world conspiracies is a topic we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about it through his story that he's going to share with us, and that is the Flat Earth Conspiracy. Now, he and I were joking before we got started that um, he is a uh, advocate of psychedelic research, and I can see where psychedelics and Flat Earth could come together at some point, because uh, for the layperson, they might look at Anthony and go, Anthony, I see why you believe in Flat Earth, because you're big into psychedelics. The two should go together. But he's going to correct us on that. He's going to give us some, some real facts. And, uh, and like I said, he's going to either convince you of the flat earth or he's going to push you farther away from that concept. So we'll see how it turns out. All right, Anthony, first of all, share a little bit of your backstory. Like, how did you get to where you are now, a nationally known death metal vocalist? How, how did you, did you wake up one morning at six or seven years old and say, you know all this screaming I'm doing, I'm going to turn this into a career? Um, you know, not, not quite that early, but pretty much, um, you know, back in, uh, I guess it would have been my last year of high school. Uh, me and some buddies got together, started playing music. You know, we, uh, we live in a very small town called Blythe, California at the time. It's right on the uh, Arizona California border. Um, it's literally, you know, away from everything. It's two hours away from Phoenix, four hours away from LA. Uh, you know, there's nothing near it. And so, you know, anytime we wanted to go to you know, see a, a band play, for example, we had to go into one of these big cities to go do so. Um, so, you know, a lot of a lot of it was uh, early on. It was, uh, you know, just just for fun. Didn't expect anything out of it. And then uh, one day, you know, it uh, just sort of took off. Somebody listened to it, uh, started getting some media attention, uh, you know, and just from there it grew. I did that band from 2000 until essentially 2014 that was called uh, lust mord um 
in 2008, I started working with our uh, the current drummer I have now, Daniel Beck, and our bass player, Rock Rolain. Um, in 2014, we uh, stopped Lustmore and started the new band, Vorzug. And ever since then, I've been playing together and uh, you know doing pretty well. Uh, we've got a couple albums out, and this uh, we're we're getting ready to record a new album right now. Uh, going to do some videos. It's going to be uh, slightly different than what we previously did in terms of music. Um, it's going to still be death metal, black metal, but it's going to you know not so much be about uh, more of the classic death metal uh, lyrics and stuff. It's going to be more of esoterics type stuff uh you know trying to raise your vibrational energy trying to get uh i, I guess a little more positivity into things but not, okay a little bit more positivity exactly yeah i was telling you before we got started uh my only experience with death metal was an event that i worked when i was in event security called seventy thousand tons of metal and uh for five days and i can say this with all sincerity for five days uh i got a chance uh each year that I worked it to listen to roughly, I don't know, 30, 30 or 40 bands. And I can without a doubt say that for five days, I did not understand one word that came off the stage, except for the introductions of the bands themselves. Now that the MC, I could understand what he was saying. So, uh, like I said, man, to each his own, what, what kind of influences, musical influences did you, did you have? Uh, growing up, um, you know, the, one of the, the first early bands I was into uh, would have been Celtic Frost, uh, you know, um, Cradle of Filth, uh, Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, you know, but as far as death metal goes, but, you know, in terms of just general, you know, I was a big Nine Inch Nails fan, like Marilyn Manson. Okay. Um, you know, I, I liked I liked more of the mainstream stuff before I got into, you know, the harder core stuff. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I like stuff outside of metal, too. You know, I, I'm a uh, big fan of just in general of uh, classical music. I'm a big fan of, you know, just uh, real real general uh, piano, um, classical piano, um, you know, violin, string instruments, stuff like that. So, I mean, I've, I've always liked stuff like that. But uh, in terms of, you know, metal-wise, it's always been, you know, uh, you know Aussie, stuff like that. You know? Okay. Normal stuff. Yeah, no, normal stuff. Old school. Old school. Yeah, I old hear you. School, yeah. yeah, that's why I grew up on that, so it's not old school to me. So uh, you did actually mention one of the death metal bands, Cannibal Corpse. They actually, I've, I've heard them on a couple of occasions working that event because they were on, they were featured on a few of those shows. Um, you said classical music, and that doesn't shock me because a lot of the guys that I had a chance to talk to on that during that event, you know, offset told me they were influenced by a lot of classical type music. Now, are you classically trained? I mean, you what, like how many instruments and all do you play? I mean, I I played piano, um, not very good at it. Um, you know, I, I, I ended up not being very good musically. Uh, you know, I tried to play bass, I tried to play drums, and then I realized I can scream, so. Okay, that sort of yeah, let's move, yeah, move to the mic, mic, man. Forget all that playing those instruments junk, so. All right, so where you, you got the band going, everything's going great. You know, you, you started by 14 years, and then you guys kind of rebranded yourself, and now you're you're nationally known. So where does all of this, um, I mean, you, you seem pretty well versed in a lot of things. 
I know conspiracies is one of those. What like what piqued your interest? Was that all the way back in school when you you know you heard about these different conspiracy theories and you just kind of kept following them to see how they went? Because this flat Earth man, I'm telling you, I I, I did a little background on it because I I had heard of flat Earth my whole life. You know, I've heard it for years. I just didn't really know what it was about. So the more I kind of dug into it, I'm like. Really? I don't I don't I don't see how anybody could believe that. But you're going to convince me before we get done today. So uh, where where did you stumble across or what what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Let's let's start off there. Uh my favorite one um aside from the the current flatter stuff I'm into now and everything mm-hmm. that that's opened up. Um, I would say uh, really the, the first thing that got me would have been the Kennedy stuff. You know, I, I was not alive during any of that. So, you know, uh, growing up in the eighties and nineties, you know, you kind of hear about it. You know, I, I was old enough to remember when Reagan got shot, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, didn't think anything about it until, you know, probably I was in high school or so. And then, you know, I start looking into it a little bit and, uh, you know, that's right when the internet started to really kick in. So there's all kinds of stuff and, you know, you're, you don't know what to believe especially then, you know, when the internet's first coming around. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Kennedy stuff's pretty interesting. Uh, the thing that really got me into conspiracies though was nine 11. Um, you know, I, again, I was old enough to live through that. I saw it happen, you know, in live time and, I saw the nonsense that was, you know, told to us that did not match the, you know, reality. Um, so, I mean, that was a, a big portion of what really got me interested. But then, uh, you know, after 9-11, I sort of put myself to sleep. I, you know, I busied myself with other things. You know, I tried to live a life. I went to college. I, you know, I moved on with my, my life. I you know, built my family, so on and so forth. Didn't think about conspiracies for years after that until, uh, Oh, I'd probably say uh, 2006 or so, and then that's when things started to really uh, open up. Um, you know, I after 9-11, I started listening to Alex Jones a lot and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hearing his point of view. Then that, you know, led me to David Icke and some other people. And, you know, you start hearing David Icke, and he's a BBC presenter and, you know, mm-hmm. this and that. And then all of a sudden, now he's saying that there are interdimensional reptilians going around and, you know, you start reading into all these, uh, these things and it, you, you just see, uh, the best way to put it is there are so many tiny connections that broadly, when you look at it, it's, it's a bunch of nonsense, but when you, you really dig into the history of it, you see that these tiny connections form quite the web that, you know, were never really broken. So, um, 2006 is when things really started getting, you know, interesting for me. And then, uh, as far as flat earth, um, you know, I remember being about five years old, a buddy of mine, um, he's a neighbor of mine. He's an old man, uh, but I used to go to his house all the time. Me, my, my brother used to go there and do yard work for him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, where we lived, he had, uh, it was like a, a private resort area. And so he had his own plane. And, uh, so that was real cool. He used to take us up and, you know, we used to fly with them. And he used to, you know, always tell us about, you know, the horizon, you got to watch your instruments, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I asked him about the horizon one day, this is when I was five, six years old. And I said, uh, you know, what is that? What happens when you get to the horizon? He said, that's where the earth curves. 
didn't think anything of it. You know, I went to school. Uh, you know, I, I learned about it. It didn't sound right because, you know, you can still see. It didn't seem like a curve, but, you know, what did I know as a kid? Right. You know, you, you learn about the earth curve in school, and it just goes on and on and on. And then, uh, you know, now uh, it's, it's – uh, <laughs> Well, when, once you see it, we'll, we'll get into all this stuff. But once you see it, you really can't unsee it, and it's it's uh, things are not what we were told at all. And, okay. And it's it's uh, you don't have to you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to have gone to school and you know have all those advanced degrees or anything. You just have to have common sense. And once you actually you know use the information that we're given about science and about the Earth. And we investigate that information just does not hold up. Let's back so up. It's, it's, let's, let's back up just a second before we jump off any deeper into the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we fall off the end of the earth here in just a second, let's let's. For sure. All right. So, uh, first of all, quick question, Kennedy. Who do you think killed Kennedy? Um, I am of the opinion that George Bush was involved in that. Okay. Um, there is. A lot of evidence to suggest that George Bush uh, was involved in the CIA back then. He was uh, he was definitely in Dallas on that day. There's photos of him in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, he denies being in Dallas, and there's photos of him in Dallas that day. So that's a little strange. And even mm-hmm. though there were photos of him, and he was presented with the photos, he said, "No, that's not me." Um, so he's a liar. Um, George Bush is a, is a shady character that is a very interesting to, to get into. Um, I'm assuming we're talking about the we're talking about the elder George Bush, George H W, not George W. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know him too, both of them. H uh, <laughs> W is a, a really interesting character, and the whole Bush family is an interesting character. Is when you you look into who they actually are, uh, what their bloodline is, mm-hmm. you know their uh, participation with the Nazis, and before that, they're just participation with the mafia um you know that these are all crime families and that's that's what you have to sort of you know um, understand about the whole thing is that when we say uh you know in this context of you know the government for example you know any all the government is a crime family it's it's no different than the mafia and and when you you know you uh you watch these interviews that the mafia guys you know uh michael franzese for example Mm -hmm. uh in any of these old mafia guys, so but you know, all of these guys explain exactly what they were doing. It's the same stuff the government was doing. They're just doing it for crooks. So, you know, it's a, it's it's an interesting concept. And and when you understand the government's not really uh, meant for you, and I, we're going to get into what the government is too, by the way. But uh, all right, all right. I just when, uh, when I just want to get that, I just want to get your opinion when you said when you took me back to Kennedy. I wanted to get your opinion on who you thought. Actually, was responsible. I actually also believe that there was a governmental involvement too. So that's you and I are on similar pages there. All right. So um, let me another quick question for you. Just uh, this curiosity question on my part. Um, and I'm not 100 percent sure when this show actually ran. I'm gonna say it was late 90s, maybe 98, 99, up to about 2006 or seven, somewhere in there. The show, The X Files. You you watched a lot of The X Files. You know you know what I'm talking about. Yes. You, you've watched quite a few of those episodes. I, I have watched them all, yeah. Yeah, if you go back now and watch that stuff, it's kind of scary. 
it was yeah. it was almost like the Simpsons foretelling the future. Some of the episodes off the X Files, and you know what I'm talking about the whole conspiracy yes. about about uh, was it Matt Groening is a time traveler kind of deal because there's no way he could have known all this stuff that he actually wrote into the show. You know that kind of stuff. So that's some that's that's just a curiosity. I wondered if you'd ever seen the show The X Files and if you'd watched any episodes because a lot of that stuff when it comes to when you're looking at governmental conspiracy, that is the handbook for it. Because when that show went off the air, you're like, holy crap. If you believed any of the, what they presented, it was like, you can't trust the government for a minute kind of deal. So, Well, it's an interesting uh, you know, story with the X-Files and uh, what's his name? Chris Carter. The, Chris uh, Carter, yeah. He was a creator yeah, the, uh, and producer. Yeah, the creator. He, uh, he knows a lot of stuff that he, he's, uh, he, he's hip to a lot of things. Um, you know, uh, he's come out and said some stuff. He's he's involved with a lot of people that when you look into him too, uh, it, a lot of a lot of what is presented to us is presented to us to distract us and to confuse us. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of that is used. You know, you take some truth and you you sort of twist it a little bit and you present it a certain way, and then you have the government telling you, no, no, that's not real. And you don't trust the government. So you think it's real. And it's, it's one of those things. I'm sure we're going to get into all of that stuff. All right. So let's go ahead. Yeah. And just a side note on Chris Carter, Chris Carter has been interviewed and he's actually admitted that a lot of the stuff that was presented on that show that was placed on television was only what he was allowed to place on television. Supposedly he had episodes where he had, he had enough of a, of a, uh, a vault full of material that he could have made multiple episodes on the stuff that they made him edit out. And when they say, when he says they, he goes, you know who I'm talking about, which that's a natural, you know, somebody from the government stepped in at that point. So, all right, so let's go ahead and jump in because, um, like I said, flat earth kind of ties into a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, I made the joke earlier about let's, before we fall off the end of the earth, uh, Flat Earth is not just a, a U.S.-based conspiracy. It's it's a worldwide conspiracy because it involves the entire globe. So, And I can't use the term globe because according to you, there is no globe. That's because a globe is a spherical object. Correct. So, so I'm, I don't know how. We'll just refer to it as F.E. from this point on, Flat Earth, okay? Yeah, F-E. yeah you can call it F.E. I, I call it a plane. Uh, plane. That's a realm, whatever. Yeah, that's uh, even you know, better. I yeah, I like. Globe. Some people call it a snow globe because yeah. I think that we're in a dome. You know, a lot of people do um, all right well let's let's talk some about, evidence to that well yeah. let's let's talk about that that educate me now at this point on when you when i say flat earth what do i need to know about flat earth uh first thing we'll say is that the when you uh search engine flat earth a lot of what you're going to find right away is flat earth society that correct that's the fake. very first thing that popped up on the google search yep and when you when you look into Google Images, you're going to see all the images from the Flat Earth Society. You're going to see the uh, the nonsense solar system with the flat Earth, and you're going to see you know uh, just some rock floating in space. None of that is what flat Earth is. It's not uh, it's not a model we use, and it's it's meant. Um, a lot of people say it's a government disinformation site, the Flat Earth Society. Uh, Obama mentioned it a bunch of times when he was president, um, and, and then that's when it was, you know, a, a lot of flat earth stuff is coming out was, you know, 2013, 14 and stuff, right around when Obama was around. So, mm-hmm. 
it's a, it's a gatekeeping website one way or another. Um, I don't know the people who's behind it. I'm not going to say it's government run, but you know, whatever it is, it's nonsense. Um, no, no one in actual flat earth community believes any of that. They don't think that, um, you know, I'll show you the model right now. That is the currently most accepted model. And this is not my app. This is the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app made by Blue Water Bay, David Weiss. He's the, he's the main Flat Earth guy right now. Okay. So that's really where... talk Flat Earth, that's where you need to go to talk to him. He'll give you a whole presentation, convince you of everything. But this is basically the model here. So this white area here that's surrounding this water, that mm -hmm. is Antarctica. Okay. Essentially what that is, is the... Antarctica is, in fact, the highest land on Earth, whether it's a, a globe Earth or not. Uh, you know, when you get to Antarctica, it is 200 feet tall when you get there. That's the ice shelf. Uh, the, we call it the shoreline. People call it the ice wall, and then they try to tie that in with Game of Thorns and okay. uh, you know, that sort of fantasy. So um, what is beyond the ice wall? We don't know. We're not allowed to go there. Um, 100 percent factual evidence. Uh, it's called the Antarctic Treaty. Um, you, as a regular everyday person, you are not allowed to go to Antarctica and explore. You can pay $30,000 and go there for two or three days. Um, they walk you and show you some penguins. They show you the ceremonial South Pole. And that's it. You know, uh, then you have to get back on the ship and you leave. You're not allowed to go there and just walk around and go wherever you want. Um, you know, the next question is, who's going to stop me? They have military down there and security down there to where you can't do it. Um, every country on Earth, basically any kind of a powerful country, has is a member of this Antarctic Treaty. They've signed this treaty. There's 50-something nations down there that, you know, if you to believe what they say, you know, you have this island at the bottom of the ball, and it's all, you know, basically a pie and little sections for each country. Right. Um in order for you to go as a person, if you want to go there, you have to apply basically at each country at their, you know, state department or whatever they call it there. And you have to apply for permission to go. Um, it's going to cost you about $2 million total at any point they can tell you no, and then you lose that money. Hmm. Um, this is all set forth in the Antarctic treaty. This isn't just me talking about this. This is, you can go and look it up yourself. Okay. So, What's beyond Antarctica? We don't know. Now, we have guesses. There's ideas. Um, there's been, uh, you know, Admiral Richard Byrd, for example, uh, Medal of Honor winner, youngest rear admiral in Navy history. Right. Uh, he basically is one of the greatest American explorers uh, that we have. Um, you look into who he is. Um, you know, uh, I don't put a lot, of, a lot of stock into what he says, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But, you know, he went down to uh, Antarctica back in the, I think he started going in the 20s, 1920s, and he went there basically until his death in the 1950s. Um, he was flying all kinds of missions down there, and he went on national TV in the time back in the 50s, and he said, you know, we, we saw land out there that no human has touched. This is south of Antarctica. It's bigger than the United States, and it's filled with resources. So that's what he said. Now, if you believe, you know, uh, credentials and all that, he's a he's a credible source. But 
you know, when you look into who he is, he's a Freemason. Uh, he's all kinds of secret societies. On top of that, he's military. Um, when the military don't tell you something, they're not necessarily lying to you. They're following orders. So you have to sort of differentiate between the two. It's not that they're lying. It's that they, they can't tell you. They, you know, it's treason if they tell you anything else. So they have to tell you what they're told to tell you. Um, so, you know, you can believe Admiral Byrd or not. You know, uh, Admiral Byrd was also discredited. They said that they found his, uh, his journal after he died, and they said uh, he went to, uh, you know, that's how the Hollow Earth theory became. Uh, they said he flew into the Hollow Earth after the Nazis. Now, where that comes from is the Nazis uh, after World War II, the, a lot of them went down to Antarctica uh, before they were, uh, you know, overthrown and whatnot. They had founded something in Antarctica called New Swaziland. That's a, it's a historical fact. You can look it up. So they're down in Antarctica. They had bases, and they were trying to do some weird stuff down there. You know, they're heavily into the occult and Satanism and all kinds of weird stuff, uh, UFOs, whatever. Um, and we'll talk about UFOs in, in a moment too. But basically, what the uh, so, so Antarctica, what that is, we don't know what's going on out there. They don't tell us what's going on out there. And the things that they do tell us, you know, verifiably a lie. Um, you know, they say that there's a 24-hour sunlight there. And they show us videos of a 24-hour sun. And that says, you know, if you have a 24-hour sun in Antarctica, you can't have a flat Earth. Well, the videos, there's only four videos of it that they've ever released. And they're all doctored. You can see edits in it. You can see just different things. It, it doesn't line up shadow-wise, time-wise. Um, so, you know, all these videos, you can run through forensic video software. You can find out that they're lying to you about the videos and pictures they show us. Um, so that's, that's Antarctica. So uh, on top of that, before you even get to Antarctica, it's about 1,000 miles outside of Antarctica. That's the 60th degree parallel. You are not allowed to go there according to that treaty. So you can't take fuel past there. You can't take a boat past there. And then people will say, oh, well, you know, how can they, if Antarctica is all the way around and it's, uh, by the way, Captain Cook was the last person to try to go all the way around and circumnavigate Antarctica. He went something between 60 and 80,000 miles and could not do it. He gave up about three and a half years into his voyage, came back, said, I can't do it. That was the last person that we know of that did it. Um, people will say, oh, you know, people circumnavigate it all the time. So. Again, I'll show you on the app. The center of this is the North Pole. Okay. So you can circumnavigate going east and west. All that is is a circle. Mm -hmm. So if you are pointing north and you are dead reckoning north the whole time, you have to keep turning your your compass to point north, right? Okay. That's the way you do that. Um, that is whether it's a, a flat earth or a globe earth, that's what happens. Um, but that's east and west are just circles and we are on a circle. Don't, don't let that confuse you. You know, uh, if you're into the Bible, you know, the Bible is a flat earth book, the whole thing. There's over 200 passages in there that talk about, uh, basically the earth being immovable, being set, being, you know, in its foundations over 200 times. It mentions it. this. Is the only time it mentions anything about, uh, a circle is, in Isaiah, it says the circle of the earth. The earth is a circle. Um, so real quick about flat earth. Essentially what it is, is a lake, a pond, a river, whatever you want to call it. There's an indentation. That's the land. That's the lowest part. There's water. 
around that water, that's Antarctica, that's the ice shelf keeping the water in. You have a bathtub, you take the bathtub away, what happens? Water goes everywhere. Water cannot curve around a, a ball that's spinning. So real quick, let's talk about the what the Earth is, okay? So according to science and everyone right now, uh, they say the Earth is uh, spinning at 1,000 miles per hour at the equator. They say it's going 66,600 miles per hour uh, orbiting the sun. And they say that the sun is going through the uh, solar system at 500,000 miles per hour. And that solar system is going through the universe at up to 2 million miles per hour. All this is happening four different directions, the exact same time, different speeds, different motions. And by the way, we are on a, according to science, we're on a flat plane in our solar system that is chasing the sun. So here's the sun, here's our plane, all this, the, this is why we don't have planets going around like this and we can't see them at different areas. We're on a flat plane. So everything goes perfectly as we follow the sun. Meanwhile, the stars, okay? So let's talk about the stars real quick. Closest star to us is 4.3 light years away. Okay, so you have to understand what a light year is. Um, the sun that we have is not as large as some of these stars that we see. It's bigger, it's smaller. Uh, there are some stars that are, you know, a thousand times bigger, they say, than our sun. Um, so as ludicrous as that is, let's just talk about that real quick. So if you take the sun, where it's at right now, uh, they say that's 93 million miles away. Um, verifiably, um, before verifiably, uh, how did they come across that? They said that somebody on the East Coast and someone on the West Coast watched uh, Venus transit the sun. And it started at different times, so they did some math, and they said the sun must be this big, it must be this far away. Now, how did they get that? Now, do, do you know off the top of your head how they would come up with something like that? No, they I just, had to assume that, yeah. that Venus is the same size as Earth. They assume it. So if Venus is slightly different, slightly bigger, slightly smaller, much smaller, that throws everything off. So right there, they're assuming something. That's nonsense. That's pseudoscience. It's not real science. It's in no way verifiable. Uh it's a guess. And if they say it's a guess, I have no problem with them. They don't say it's a guess. They say it's a fact. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 nonsense they say. But anyway, back to the stars. So you have to understand that the, the sun being 93 million miles away, okay, so if it's as big as they say it is, blah, 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 if it's a mile above Earth, it's going to fill up your whole horizon, correct? Right. Right. So... Then you move it to where it's at. It's as small as it is when you, you know, hold out your arm at a arm's length. It's the size of a coin. So that's that's how that goes. Now, if you eight times that distance, even if you two times the distance, let's say eight, because that'll be a, a easier number to think. So if you eight times that distance, would you be able to see that star, that sun in the sky? If it's shrunk that much. At 93 million miles, if you times that by eight, will you be able to see that sun? Mm, Scientifically, yeah. says no. We yeah, cannot nah. see that sun. Uh, the angular resolution of the eye is too small. You cannot see it. 
So then let's talk about light real quick. Okay, remember that distance real quick. Eight times distance, you can't see it. Right. Okay, that is one light hour from here. Light hour. Okay. We're talking about the closest star that we can see with our naked eye. We can see billions of stars. We, these things are further than trillions of miles away, by the way. Um, four, 4.3 light years away is 25 trillion miles or something. Um, it, it's a number that it, – it's not even a real number. There, there is no number that big. Um, so, yeah, you can't see it. it. You look at what the inverse square law of light is, okay? So this is a scientific – this is what science tells us. This is physics. So the, the physics of light. Um, the inverse square law, law of light is that every time you half the distance between something, it becomes four times brighter. So if you have a sun that's the source and you're halving the distance, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. You, you, you can do the math on it. It just it, it will not ever work. Light does not travel forever. Um, that's a fact. Um, you can you can do this yourself, you know, in, in a in a in a room, in a dark room, you know, uh, turn on a flashlight. As you get closer, that flashlight's going to get brighter and brighter. The further you are, you can see it, sure, but it kind of spreads out as you get closer. It becomes a focus source. That's the way that light works. It becomes so bright once you get close to it that you know it, it it's it's going to kill you essentially. So when you you think about what they tell you. You know, this is physics again. So when you take what their science is and you apply it in critical thinking, it does not add up. And when you ask them, you know, the, they their answer is, oh, you know, it's because of gravity. It's because of, you know, this and that. There is a gravity is a word. Okay. So yeah, and that's, that's the same. Every answer, by the way, in, in the heliocentric uh, globe Earth model, every answer is gravity, you know, refraction. It's. It's, you know, the gravity is pulling the light a certain way and making it reflect. So that's why you can see over the curve. Um, it, it's, it's all nonsense. And then, okay, so again, real quick, um, what they say the Earth is. They say it's essentially it's over 24,000 miles wide, you know, around the equator. So that's why it goes 1,000 miles per hour. You spend once a day, and then that's one full day because you've gone all the way around in a day. So. If that's the case, then you have to have, and, and this isn't my math, this is the math that, you know, this is Pythagorean math, this is the math that they came up with. You know, the, the globe Earth math is eight inches per mile square is curvature math. You know, that is one mile, you go down eight inches. You go two miles, you go down eight times eight times 12. And you just keep, you, you keep going and going. Um, it's per mile square, you gotta square that a mile. So by, um, by three feet, you're looking at a six-foot drop, essentially. So if you're standing at the edge of calm water or land or whatever, you know, calm water is the best because, well, as you know, water always lays flat. So you, uh, you know, you're looking off at calm water. If you take a, the height of a six-foot tall person, they should see three miles. After that, you should not be able to see. This isn't, again, this isn't my math. This is globe. This is NASA math. Problem with that, that is you can stand at this water and you can, with your naked eye, you can see things sometimes um, over that. You get a telescope or you get a, a zoom-in camera and you can see things, you know, you may not be able to see at all because, again, angular resolution. 
If it's too far away, you can't see it, but you zoom in on it, and there it is. So ships do not sail over a horizon. That's that's a myth, and it's a lie. It's, it's a straight up lie. It's not a, not even a myth at this point, um, because you can verify it yourself. But you still see, you know, scientists Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, all these people. Which, by the way, they won't ever they won't ever talk to any kind of a flat Earth person. They won't have a debate. They say the science is settled, but they do nothing but constantly make videos mocking flat Earth people and. Oh, you see, you know, pictures of, of Earth from space. What do you think about that? And nonsense like that, but they won't ever speak to you. So what they do is a straw man argument. It's all nonsense. They, they, they give you that fake model, the flat Earth society model, and then they say, oh, what is, blah, 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 and then you can't argue it because it's not the truth. And then when you tell them, oh, no, it's not that at all, they won't talk to you. They don't. It's, it's nothing. So... Just when you do the math and you, you take what, what science says, it, it, it does not add up. And, and the purpose of this is they have to tell you, you know, these people that are, are doing this um, karmically, they have to let you know what's going on. You know, you they're, they're lying to you for sure, but they're also telling you the truth. You know, everything that, that happens, they tell you ahead of time. And we're going to get into all this stuff, but... Uh, you know, uh, for, for the Earth, we'll say that. Okay, so all you can look up NASA documents, CIA documents, MIT documents. These are all unclassified. You can pull them up. There are hundreds of documents from the government saying this is missile defense stuff. This is, you know, pilots, FAA, FAA handbooks. They all say treat the Earth like a flat, non-rotating plane. This is stuff when you, you're flying planes, you're shooting missiles, you're doing trajectory you're doing pinpoint accuracy with lasers treat the, the the earth as a flat non-rotating plane why is that you know why would they say that and then when you ask them these questions they say oh you know that way you don't have to get bogged down with you know the math and just do this and that just there's the ground land on it you know where you're at you can orientate it doesn't make any sense um then there's the uh, the Coriolis effect, the, the nonsense they say about that. They say that when you're in the southern hemisphere, when you, you know, flush a toilet or drain or whatever, it spins in the opposite direction. That's completely false. Um, you can you can do this experiment here in the United States. They have it, it all depends on the base, the, the toilet, the sink, whatever. It all depends on how that's made, the shape of it, when water hits it, how it swirls. Now, they do have different things in the southern hemisphere where they say things are swirling at different things. That's all because of perspective. It has nothing to do with, you know, it, it being a globe. Um, and, again, you can you can do this. Stand, you know, on the ground. Draw a six or a nine on the ground. Stand on the other side. It looks different. It looks opposite. It's all because of perspective. It has nothing to do with you're now upside down. It's that you're, you know, looking at it from a different point of view. That's all that is. Um, so yeah, just uh, when when you do when you do these these experiments and you look into stuff, um, it, it's it's just not what they say. And then all these scientific experiments that have been done. There's Mickelson Morley. Um, there's Foucault's pendulum, which they constantly fake the results to. But you know, when you look at what it is, it's there. Bedford level experiment. Every every single scientific experiment ever done has shown 
the earth does not move and there is no spherocytic to it. Uh, then that's when Einstein came in and had to come up with a theory of relativity. You look into what that is. Um, they will have you believe that Einstein, who they tell you was not a mathematician, he was horrible at math and no math, came up with E equals MC squared. He had no clue what that meant. He was a patent officer. And, uh, you know, he was a liar, essentially. But it, it, he even said so at the end of, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, there is a quote from him, and you can look it up yourself. He said, you cannot determine, uh, I don't remember exactly, I'm paraphrasing, he said something along, you can't determine the, the curvature of the earth. Um, you know, he said, basically, gravity, as he explained it, is not correct. Um, he said many times in public, they would ask him questions about uh, theory of relativity, and they would ask him, you know, who's smarter, you or Tesla? Uh, he would constantly say, Tesla is smarter than I am. Tesla had a whole different idea of what gravity was that he was not allowed to get out because he was, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll be kind and say he died. We don't know how he died, but he died mysteriously. And right after he died, the FBI stormed his warehouse and stole all of his inventions and his patents. And they, by the way, still have all these Tesla technologies under national security today. You can look them up. Uh, they are all classified under national security. When you look at what uh, the scientific contributions of Tesla, they say he helped with AC, uh, you know, electricity, and that's about it. But in reality, he came up with all the stuff we're using. Uh, it was stolen from him, 100%. Thomas Edison stole a bunch of stuff. Uh, Westinghouse was was a, a his his guy, he, his funder. Uh, Westinghouse ended up getting a lot of his patents when he died. Those went off from, you know, from there, he sold them off to basically everyone. But yeah, all these things that are in the public view, we use them currently today. Um, the things that are not in the public view, you can look up different things he had. They are listed under national security. So if sci mainstream science says Tesla stuff did not work and he was a crazy guy, then why is all of his stuff classified under national security? So that's just one one thing you can look at. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It, it certainly, uh, you can look into everything I'm saying. You can verify it yourself. And you will quickly learn that it's not what they're telling you it is. But but that's that's the point. Because when they tell you it's not, it's, it's they say, oh, it's not this. It's not this. But then when you look into it, it's exactly that nine times out of ten. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I, I just got a, a real education on flat earth and everything associated with flat earth. Um, like I said, I was a novice in it. Uh, I would have been foolish enough to have just gone to the Flat Earth Society website and just ingested that information. And you just tell me uh, pretty much essentially everything on their website is some form of uh, propaganda. We'll just say propaganda. I would say propaganda. Yeah, they, propaganda. They mix some truth in there with nonsense. Like, like they say gravity, they say that the the Earth disk, as they call it, is rising at 9.8 meters per second. And that's why there's a constant down motion, because the Earth is constantly rising. That's nonsense. Uh, you can you can disprove that easily. Um, you know, I can disprove gravity for you right this second, if you'd like. Um, you know, uh, you, you can, you can anyone can do this, and you can type this in. Uh, there's videos on it. You can do it yourself, though. Um, so... Real quick, take a 100-pound 
anvil, you know, made of iron. Get a pool of mercury. Type this into YouTube. You'll find it yourself. You think you die, you, you drop this 100-pound thing into this small pool, it's going to sink right through. It does not, though. It floats. Why does it float? Because the iron of the anvil is not as dense as the mercury. Density and buoyancy is what sorts things out. What gravity is, is an electromagnetic field, static electricity, something along those lines with electricity. You can prove this yourself by essentially, um, you know, it, it's, it, you take a uh, Van de Graaff generator, you can, uh, the earth has a negative charge to it. You can take a Van de Graaff generator and give something else a negative charge. And then instead of that item dropping, it's going to float. You can put things over it and above it, and it will start to, to raise things off the ground because you're just pulling the, the charge. It's, it's all magnets. Um, you know, you can, the same thing with, uh, there's a way you can take a, uh, a, coffee ca a, a coffee can. You put your cell phone in there. You can uh, tape a bunch of uh, batteries around the side of it, and you call your cell phone, and because of the electricity and the radiation, that no longer will stay on the ground. It'll jump up in the air and start to levitate. You can do all these different sorts of experiments. Now, is that, you know, if, if gravity, let's, let's say what gravity is from the, the science and all that other nonsense. They say we have a molten magnetic core and it's making the ball go and spin and blah, blah, blah. And essentially it is, uh, gravity is making that downward motion that's why everyone sticks to it that's why you know on australia the bottom of a ball people will be standing upside down but they don't know they're standing upside down because the gravity is sticking them to the earth but yet at any point you can jump in the air you can you know a, a wind can blow by and blow papers off the ground a bird can you know fly around all at once are those things defying gravity no they're not um you know it's <laughs> It's, it's, it's the nonsense thing, you know, how the, their explanation of gravity, uh, when it can 100% be explained with electromagnetism, density, and buoyancy. And these are things you can all do yourself. Um, but, but again, real quick, you know, like you said, you know, you're, you're a novice to it. You, you are looking for information, and the only people that have this information are gatekeepers, essentially. And they're telling you, you know, it's this, it's that, blah, blah, blah. And why are you going to question them? You're not a scientist. You don't know any better. You you think they did the work. The trick is they did not do the work. Um, a lot of the times, these people have, uh, well, what they do in science is they, I'll just use Tesla, for example. So, or I'll say Einstein. So you take Einstein. Say, okay, Einstein figured out relativity, figured out gravity. Let's improve on, on his design. So they take his, you know, his uh, calculations and everything, and they just rework everything. And they try to factor in these new things that they've come up with, you know. Um, on the heliocentric model, the, the globe version, you know, gravity, they can't tell you what it is. They can't tell you, you know, uh, what they can tell you what's going on, but they can't tell you why it's happening or what it is. And when they explain it to you, they say that, Essentially, you have to have 90 to 95% or 96% dark matter and dark energy. Um, they can't tell you what dark matter and dark energy is. They say they can measure it because it has to be there. Otherwise, gravity does not work. 
that's how they're measuring it because you can measure gravity, but that's that's not real. Um, it's pseudoscience. It, it's it's not anything that's backed up by the scientific method. And when you look into uh, you know uh, Michio Kaku, for example, he's a very famous uh, physicist. He right comes right out and tells you when it comes to cosmology and space and all that they do not use the scientific method and that they are off by you know billions essentially when it comes down to to math and this and that they don't know and when you, you ask them further well why don't you know you're saying this is a fact as well it's 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 a theory it's a theory but it's a theory that we've tested and, and we can say pretty much that that's what it is but they will not tell you it's a fact. They'll say it's a theory. It's a proven theory. Proven theory is a fact. It's no longer a theory at that point. But they're, they're not calling it a fact. Why? Because they're wrong constantly. And, you, you, again, you can do it yourself. You find out what their model is. You can just pick it apart bit by bit. And it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's it's a it's a wild thing. When I first heard flat Earth, I had the exact same reaction. I laughed at it. Um, you know, I remember seeing a post on Twitter by a, a rapper said something about the, the Earth being flat years ago, and I read it. And I'm like, okay, this guy's an idiot. You know, he what does he know? Ah, I said the same thing. You know, we have photos of the Earth from space, and. You know, I, I was very proud of myself thinking that. And then, you know, I go and look at them and uh, you start to notice, though, any kind of uh, article that they have where they show a picture of the Earth or stars or anything. Underneath the picture, there's always a caption. And the caption always says an artist rendition or a composite. That's interesting. Hmm. So then you start looking at why that is. And... They come right out and tell you. NASA will say, we do not have any photos of the Earth from space. Um, the photos that they represent are very easily, you can, again, you, there's there's free software you can get. You can go to websites and run it through their software. It's forensic software, the same stuff the FBI uses to determine whether or not a photo is real. You can run that stuff and everyone says, oh, they didn't have Photoshop back in the 60s and 70s. Absolutely they did. It's called something else, but they had it. You know, they had uh, they had full computers back in the, the 20s and 30s. They had uh, VR headsets. So the first patented VR headset was back in the 50s. And, you know, they didn't tell us these things, but you can, again, you can look it up yourself. You can see that it's, you know, they, they had all of this. It's a, it's a fact. You can look it up. Um but again, when you, you, you ask them, oh, no, no, this, this wasn't around until, you know, whenever, but they, they have it. So, you know, let, let, let's real quick talk about what uh, what we see now. So we still have pictures of Earth. There's the, the Himawari satellite from uh, the Japanese uh, space agency. Now, verifiable, you can 100% do this yourself. There's videos showing you how you can do it. It goes into the uh, the FTP server that they have that is open to the public, and it tells you that they use the NASA Blue Marble model of the globe Earth. So right there, it's not a picture like they say. It is a 3D representation model. They also lay in all this weather data over it. So every 10 minutes, you're supposed to be getting this picture from space 
the Himawari satellite of Earth, and it is not a picture. It is, or it's a picture. We have to understand what pictures are. Pictures are not uh, photos. They're not photographs. They are representations. Um, and you know this this uh, vocabulary stuff is interesting once you get into what that means. You know, in terms of law, so that gets really interesting. But uh, you know, the 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 pictures that they say one hundred percent verifiably, they're not real. Um, there's a famous story from Al Gore. He said he wanted a, a big picture of the Earth when he was a VP. And he calls up NASA and says, hey, I have this picture from the 70s, from uh, the last Apollo mission. I want a new picture of Earth. They said, no, we don't have it. And he said, well, why not? And it's, just, it's a valid question. Why wouldn't you have a picture of Earth from space if you have all these satellites and you know the ISS and blah, blah, blah. So um, that became a real thing because people were asking that question online. Why are there no pictures of the Earth? So then that's when we started getting these pictures of the Earth. So now you get the uh, the blue marble. The blue marble, 100% made in Photoshop. The guy who made it, uh, name is Robert Simmons. Uh, he's a NASA visual artist. He admitted to it. He, he had a, an interview on the, the NASA website talking about it. And he said, yeah, we did make it in Photoshop. We had to. I'm not an astronaut. It's made from composites of strips of data. That's what he said. And he said how he put, you know, he did the clouds. He put different colors in there 100 percent, they tell you it's not a real photo mm. so you, you use these uh these forensic software things you can put these photos in you can see the copy and paste you can see a, a black background you can see the, the the earth copy and paste in that black background and then you can see the fake space background you can see all these different layers that they didn't flatten the layer out because at the time they didn't know that they had to and these are the original photos that you can get off of NASA's website. These things. So it, it's, 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 it's an issue. It, it's not an issue of whether or not you believe the Earth is flat. It's an issue of they tell you that it's not a ball. 100% they tell you it's not real. But then you still believe it. And so now, you know, you, you have uh, from the ISS. So we'll talk about that real quick. The ISS... Sometimes they do spacewalks, and you can see the Earth in the background, and it's always a fisheye lens, and it's always this thing. But, you know, you watch it, and it's constantly flickering in and out. You watch these things. They're out there for eight hours at a time, they say, and the Earth isn't moving at all. Why is that? You know, they're saying they're going 17,500 miles per hour up there, and they're going around the Earth. The Earth is 24,000 miles around, so if they're going around the Earth, there's going to be movement down there. And they say, oh, you know, we're moving so fast that you can't even see that we're moving. That doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, it's, it's not real. Everything they tell you isn't real. It's, a, it's, a, it's meant to, to trick you and fool you. And, you know, it, it, ultimately, you know, you're, you're going to ask why. Someone will always ask, well, why are they doing that? You know, who's doing it and then why are they doing it? Um, you know, I can't tell you why a criminal is a criminal. I can't tell you why somebody is doing what they're doing. I can tell you why I think, but you know, I don't know. Um, but you, you look at it, look at, look at what history is. You, you have the same group of people who are always in control. You know, um, I love Donald Trump. I, I'm a, I'm a Trump voter, um, all of that. But at the end of the day, um, Donald Trump is just the right hand side of, you know, of, of the R, you 
know, right. he's, uh, it's the same, same, same person. Politics aren't real. Um, you know, that they're, they're all friends. They're all buddies. <laughs> um, you know, we, we think they're not, but they are. And, you know, verifiably, you can, Donald Trump was best friends with the Clintons for years. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're not, they're, they're never, uh, what is it? There is always bipartisanship when there's politics not involved. That's the only time you ever see bipartisanship. Hey, man, first of all, I hate to cut you off. We could talk another hour and a half on what we're talking about right now, uh, but uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, before you get out of here, first of all, I want to thank you for all this information. Amazing. This last hour has been absolutely amazing real, information real you provided. Go ahead. I want to I get this out real quick, and this is a whole new conversation. Um, okay. Everyone needs to read the Constitution. Um, whether you're a patriot, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, you read your Constitution. Now, real quick, right. the Constitution is not a real document. Um they tell us it's a real document, so as long as they tell us it's a real document, then they have to pretend that it is. Now, when I say it's not a real document, uh, the laws in this country and all over the place, uh, we are not under laws that we think we're under. Um, so anyone listening to this, I'm not going to get into it. We don't have the time right now. Um, type in uh, Black's, Black's Law Dictionary. Um, that is the dictionary that is used by politicians, by courts, uh, words that we don't know that we think we know are in this dictionary. And what it says in there is the actual definition to them. So like an understanding, you can say, Oh, I understand something. But when you say understand, you are telling somebody that they have power over you legally. Um, that's what that means. When you say, that's why when you go to court, um, you know, the judge will, rattle some things off and say, do you understand? Right. You don't have to understand. You're allowed to say, no, I don't. Explain right. it to me. Um, ultimately, they can, uh, all, all crimes, basically, any kind of a statute crime, a code, none of that is real. Um, so if you get a speeding ticket, you don't have to legally pay taxes. You should. We'll say that. You should. You shouldn't speed. You shouldn't do anything wrong. But if you get in trouble for these things, if you read your constitution, you understand what it says and you can actually converse and you, you can talk to them in the same way that they're talking to you. You will not go to jail. You will not get in any kind of trouble. They will drop charges 100%. Well, brother, we'll have to have you back because that sounds like a totally different discussion. And I'll definitely want to have you back so same we can talk. Hey, it's we, the same thing. It all I think say, it's wild I, stuff. I got to have you back because we definitely got to talk extraterrestrials and all that because I know you're going to be well versed on that as well. Thank you again, brother. Cannot thank you enough for coming on and thank you for the information. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. And as always, Wally out. Hey guys, quick shout out to Timothy O. Davis of Ridgewood Recording Studios. His studio offers a full line of music production ranging from song demos and singles to fully produced albums. He focuses on excellence at every level of the recording and production process and will work with you for your project specific needs. So remember guys, Timothy O. Davis, reach out to him at timothydavis.org front slash Ridgewood Studios. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner.